the Empire has this kind of power, what chance do we have? What chance do we have? The question is what choice? Run, hide, plead for mercy, scatter your forces. You give way to an enemy this evil with this much power and you condemn the galaxy to an eternity of submission. The time to fight is now. Yes. Every moment you waste is another step closer to the ashes of Jeddah. Hey everybody, what's up, what's happening? It's me, Maria, and this is Sisters with Sabres, the For Us Bias podcast for Black women who love Star Wars and other things. Today, having a very special episode. This is a great one. Um, One of my special friends is with us today, Siobhan. She's a fundraiser um, of sorts for nonprofits, and we are going to talk a lot about organizing, about nonprofits, about uh social causes if you are listening to this you already know what has been happening in our world in the united states right now um it's currently june 25th for those of you who need the time stamp um i'm joined with raven it's just us tonight one of the original sisters so this is this is gonna (laughs) be a classic you already know it's a keeper um, before we get into that, I do want to briefly shout out followers of the force. Um, they are helping us organize the, uh, what choice do we have? And if you haven't already purchased the, what choice do we have, um, t-shirt, you can do that on bonfire. I'm going to leave the link in the show notes and description, and we'll talk more about the fundraiser as we go through the process here. Um, but we are joining forces, um, the Star Wars podcasting community um, as a whole is joining together to support the National Abortion Federation. It is a professional association of abortion providers, and their mission is to unite, serve, and support abortion providers, uh, and that includes getting folks where they need to go. So if they're um, having problems with travel and housing, and they're also offering a multilingual hotline uh, for support. So that's kind of what we'll be talking about tonight. We may cover some of Kenobi as well, um, but that's kind of going to be our focus tonight because that's really what's going on right now. And as you all know, like this is not the podcast to talk about action figures. Like we have so much more going on in our world today. And there are shows that are already covering that. This is about specifically how Star Wars impacts the black female lens uh, lens. And also like how we can unify and organize and strategize. So um, that's what tonight's show is going to be about. Um, Siobhan, tell us about you. Awesome. Well, first of all, this is like my first ever podcast. So I feel like so privileged. Thank you, Maria, for making me famous. I feel special. Um, but a little Five about- people listen to this shit. So don't worry about it. I don't care. I'm putting it on my resume. Uh, <laughs> um, but let's see a little bit about me. Um Grew up in a little city outside of of Chicago called East Chicago, Indiana. I love to rep my hometown. Um, So of all the five people that are listening now, more people know that East Chicago, Indiana is on the map. So that's what's up. Um, And then, yeah, and I got into nonprofit fundraising. Yay! (laughs) Right between Gary and Chicago. Um, So look us up. We're dope. Um, But yeah, I got into nonprofit and fundraising totally by happenstance, like, what feels like forever ago, but I guess like 15, 16 years ago now after college um, in Cincinnati. So that's how 
I know Maria and uh, the the first husband of the podcast, Tom Toft. I had to remember his name. I was like, what is Toft's first name? Um, <laughs> the first purse holder. Husband. Amen. <laughs> yes. First, first purse holder. Um, and that's how that's how we got connected. But yeah, I live in North Carolina now um, with my two kids and my husband. And I do nonprofit fundraising for the Marshall Project now. I've been in a variety of different careers, but um, now I work for the Marshall Project, which is a nonprofit newsroom dedicated to covering the topic of criminal justice reform. Um, and so, which is super important every day, um, especially all the time, but now especially. But yeah, that's a little bit about me. It's absolutely, if it doesn't happen to me, it doesn't matter. It's it just matter. the same with the, with the gun situation. You know, mm-hmm. mass shootings are the price of doing business. And that's the reality. You can slice it however you want to, but it's the cost of doing business. If we want to have guns, if we want to be able to have guns, you know, as widely and as, you know, easily as we can, then you're going to have to deal with people getting shot. And if you don't like that, then there's a problem. But that's exactly it. They don't look at it that way. They're just like, no, 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 no. It's infringing upon my rights. It's like, you're going to care when it's your kid. Yeah. You're going to care when it's your kid. And right. believe me, I like am a Second Amendment supporter. I, you know, most of the people I know are gun owners. You know what I mean? But it doesn't change the fact that just like driving a fucking car, there are things you have to do. And you don't just do them once. You have to keep doing them. You have to go and get your driver's license over and over yeah. again. You have to, you know, I mean, and we we yeah. haven't fixed that problem either, but at least we take giant, massive steps that actually, have, I mean, I don't know how it is where you guys live, but I live in Minnesota. You do not want to get pulled over for DUI here. You do not. You are talking about tens of thousands of dollars. These people come for you in Minnesota. And in Wisconsin, of course, where I'm from, <laughs> you know, a DUI is like a $500 problem that you can just take care of. Ain't no thing. But here you will lose your shit. They will come after you and take everything that they can possibly get up to and including seizing your car. And it's just like we have better numbers here for drunk driving. Why? Because there are actual fucking penalties that people actually have to pay. And we just don't have that with guns. We just keep letting it happen. And there's no penalty. to. And, you know, the problem is, is that 99.9% of the gun owners aren't assholes. But it's that set that just, these fucking people. Oh, my God. (laughs) I just can't deal. Like, I just can't understand what what purpose it serves to go out and shoot a bunch of people. Like, I just don't, you know what I mean? You're not accomplishing anything, right? You know? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's mind boggling. I can't understand it. I don't know. I just feel like if we can take away women's rights overnight, then let's, let's take away guns too. I mean, mm-hmm. that happens so quickly. Mm-hmm. So quickly. The consistency is crazy. Yep. The consistency is crazy to, the, to say inconsistency. that. Inconsistency. I'm sorry. The inconsistency, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy to yep. say like literally like what, two days apart? Like one day you drop a decision talking about you can't infringe on people's guns rights and ownership. And the next day you're like, oh, but a woman's body is fair game. Like, what? Right. Can you say yep. what? <laughs> right. Like, yep. So that, how does that work? Right. And it was so quick. And- like, we got wind that they were looking at this thing, what, two, three months ago? We got wind that they were, they were looking at repealing yeah. it, right? And within two mm-hmm. to three months, like, Supreme Court made a ruling <clears throat> on it and they're, they're out. Chucking a deuce. You knew- 
you knew this was going to happen. George Floyd though, has been in the ground. Put those people on the court. You knew it was yeah. going to happen. Sorry if I have the delay again. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, for sure. No, you're fine. You're fine. It's just it it boggles yeah. my mind that we can push this through, but we can't push through any federal mandates on police brutality. Right? Mm-hmm. George Floyd's been yeah. in the ground for how many years? Come on, yeah. somebody. And yeah. still, there's been no real change with the way that policing is done uh, in this country on the whole. Because it's, you oh, have a whole let bunch every of state people. figure that out. We don't want to be deal. We have a whole bunch of people, <clears throat> as Siobhan was saying, that just lack mm-hmm. empathy. It's not happening to them. So, therefore, it's not a problem. You know, I've discussed that you know, on this, on this show before with, you know, talking with my mom who is white and talking with her about things and so many things that she's just like, what are you even talking about? And it's just like, it's not willful ignorance, but it's ignorance. You're white mom. It doesn't occur to you that, you know, these are, this is the way things are. You know, I've seen her have interactions with police officers where I know I'd have been arrested and gone to jail if I talked to them the way she does. But it doesn't occur to her that they're going to take her away to jail because she isn't doing anything wrong. You know, it's just like, okay, mom, but that right there is what you call privilege. (laughs) Is thinking that because you're not doing anything wrong, you're safe. Hello. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think actually, Marie, I think you talked about on the last pod. I think it was, you know, like I said, I binged it. So I feel like they all blur together. It don't matter. But I think it was the last one where you were talking about, um, you know, like, believe us when we say stuff. Like I, I've had that happen. You know, I'm a black fundraiser. I've had that happen at work where I'm like, oh yeah, that donor, real mm, this and that. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh no, champ, no, he's the nicest. And I'm like, not to me, silly. Like, right. They're like, no, right. I can't be. It can't be. You must be making it up. Okay. Yeah, because I've lived 39 years on this earth and I can't tell when somebody's being racist. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> like, and I've lived in Indiana and Ohio mm-hmm. and North Carolina, which is funny because people talk about, oh yeah, the South is so racist. I'm like, the South. Like racist with a side of sweet tea. It's like more like undercover. I kind of like the racism down here. The racism in Indiana, Ohio was like in your face. Like, it's very blatant. Like that Midwest, that Midwest racism, they are very direct, which I actually, maybe I do appreciate that more. I don't want you to like. I like the transparent like, racism. Yeah. You like, know, yeah, when right. an HR person calls you a coon or tells you you're lucky to be there, right? Yeah. Someone of your background, you know, uh, that's the kind of racism I really enjoy. But it's like, you know, we don't see air. <clears throat> we don't see mm-hmm. air, but we all know it exists, right? So yeah. yep. I'm asking people to take that same approach when it comes to this. Like, even though you don't <clears throat> see it, you don't hear it, believe us when we say, this person is treating me unfairly. Like, what's the most you have to lose out of that conversation? Well, and I think I think if that you, that's if true you don't for make, a lot of things, it, you know, just because you don't see it or understand it or experience it, you know, that's like, I do not know what it's like to be trans. I have no idea. I understand, you know, right. like, yeah. you know, definition wise, what it means. I have no concept what that would even begin to be like. That doesn't mean that that trans people don't exist just because I don't understand it. And I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, I understand it, but I don't understand it. It's like, I don't, I don't know what having a penis is like either. I I know what one is. I know how, you know, but it's like, I've never had one. I don't know what that's like. And it's, and everything you have to be able to look at something and say, you know what? 
I know nothing about this. I have zero experience with this. Perhaps I should sit down and shut the fuck up. Yep. Or educate yourself. Educate Mm -hmm. yourself. And understand that, like, just because I don't have the experience doesn't mean someone else doesn't have. To your point, like, I don't. I, I also don't know what it's like to be trans, but I've heard enough people tell me about it where it's like, okay, that I understand and appreciate your experience. And if that's what you need to do, what the hell does it have to do with me? Like, right. if that's what, if that's what makes you happy or if that, like, if you are your full self, what, what, what exactly is that? How is that impacting me that I need to, therefore, I don't know, pass a bill or mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous. It's like, what? I don't understand right. the lack of like it's empathy. It's the lack of respect. And, yeah, I'm like free to be me. I'm going to let you be right. free to be you. Which is That's, ironic you know. for a group of people who claim to love Jesus so much. It's so weird. Well, let's let's not even get into that because you know where that's going. Anti Raven will get all sorts of white know, Jesus fire and white Jesus. There he is. Yeah. Hey, listen. Ooh, blonde hair, Je- blue Jesus eyes, baby was, Jesus. Jesus was a cool cat. Sure Jesus, Jesus isn't the problem. <laughs> It's all the shit that people do in his name. That's right. the problem. It's interpretation. You know, it's it's interpretation. It's the yeah. fact that the religion itself was built by a patriarchal society designed entirely to control said society and that free thinking mm. individuals in today's world still, <coughs> are, you know, cannot wait for the fucking end of the world because they think that that's, I mean, they make fun of people who, you know, who live in countries where they have Sharia law, but yet here they want to legislate from the Bible every three seconds. I'm like, you do understand that that's the same thing. That's it. Right? <laughs> it's the same. It is and literally the same exact And please do read the Treaty of Tripoli again, where Absolutely. it states, you know, the separation of church and state. Throwing it out there. You know, hello. Okay. It should be right there. It. It's it's sad and it's upsetting. Um I just and, and especially from black folks, you talk about like empathy, and you know this week um, I launched the Sisters with Sabers Discord group. Um, it's a blurred space to speak about Star Wars um, because there was a recent development in Star Wars, and there was so much like backlash on the internet. I wanted to create a safe space for people of color to speak about it without having to be bombarded with racism every five minutes or someone running up in their comments uh, where they didn't belong. So um, I put out a tweet and said, you know what? Anyone who wants to join, go ahead and join. Um, And one of those individuals is a black person who is a conservative, Mm -hmm. who I, I fundamentally probably disagree on everything with. And this individual says to me, well, you know, you and I probably won't see eye to eye on anything. I said, that's okay. That's okay. This isn't about that. This is about unity, right? So if you can be mature, then I can be mature too, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened to that person. I don't know if that person will stay in the group chat, but that's that's an example of like putting that stuff to the side, right? Mm -hmm. And being respectful of others, right? I disagree well, with you, you wholeheartedly respect, you have to as a person it, right? of color. I don't understand. Yeah. Right. So we'll see what happens. But that's just an example. Like if, you know, the people that are rolling this legislature out, like they're happy, they're fat, they're content white people living in the suburbs. They never had a care in their life. 
just go live your life. You don't need to oppress others. Like this subconscious like desire by these, you know, conservative folks to oppress others. I just don't understand at all. And I know they're fearful that if people of color were in power, that we would do the same thing. But I, I don't think they fully understand how much we care about our own. I care about my own more than I care about dealing with you. And they forget. I think the, the also the reality is that for the most part, when people of color or if those of a marginalized group get in power, it actually helps out everybody. Like it's right to get expanded for other people. Like I'm trying to think, I'm thinking about affirmative action in the 80s. Like when that really started, people were like, oh my gosh, the black affirmative action actually benefited white women the most. Like the, the group that benefited from affirmative action the most were actually white women. Uh, who got advancements in their careers because of yep. affirmative action clauses. But it's like the black people, the brown people are going to take over. And it's like, actually, unintended consequences, everybody like wins. Like, because we just not the same. We just, I mean, we're just, our goal is not to usually covet our <laughs> rights for other folks. Like I think about Black Lives Matter movement, hap- I mean, period. But then also after the murder of George Floyd, all of the awesome other things that happened, like the Washington football team doesn't have its old racist name anymore. Like that right. was all an offshoot of the Black Lives Matter movement. Like all kinds of awesome things happen. Like I'm like, right. oh, mm-hmm. Freedom that. Town, Georgia exists. Like all kinds of things like got come ups, but y'all just stay mad about the fearfulness. And I don't know, I think I just, again, it's, I feel like it's in the back, back to the lack of empathy and understanding and respect for other people. Yeah, but God forbid we, we don't do their thing. We don't stand for the national anthem. Well, and, 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 you know, the bigger, I think the bigger issue just has to simply be that, uh, you know, like I said before, if you want to be respected as you are, you want to be your own person and not be told how to dress, how to act, how to, you know, whatever. Great. But you have to afford that to the next person. I will happily stand in line with a guy who's got a Confederate flag on his jacket because he's allowed to do that. If he acts like an asshole, I'm going to put him in his place. But if he's standing in line next to me, there's nothing I can do about it. That's his right to do that. Just like it's my right to think he's probably a racist prick. But it's, you know what I mean? We, we, as much as it sucks, you know, I mean, I don't know. I remember what movie it was. They said that, but freedom is, is, you know, getting up and saying what you believe at the top of your lungs and then having to let the other guy say the opposite thing. That's part of it. And we have so much, you know, anger and hatred about everything. And sometimes you just be so much better off to just be like, you know what? I don't have time for you right now. Now I'm not saying you shouldn't argue and, you know, fight against bad things, but so much of the stuff that we do is like, and not just we, I don't mean we, you and me. I mean, everybody it's just so self-inflicted, you know? Why are you bitching about the way so-and-so is dressed? Why are you bitching about the way so-and-so is wearing their hair? Why are you bitching about who so-and-so goes home to? Like, in the end, does it really matter? Or are you just fighting to fight because you have nothing better to do with your time? Because a lot of this fighting that's going on right now is folks that have nothing better to do with their time. If you're going back and looking at a comedy sketch that somebody did 30 years ago and you're bitching about it, I'm seriously going to smack you upside your head. I don't want to hear it. Not because it wasn't wrong or insensitive or any other such thing. 
And I know that this sucks, but that's the way it was back then. And if you're going to tag one person with it, then you have to check everybody. And I don't know about you, but I don't want anybody digging through my motherfucking closet. So I'm staying out of everybody else's too. I'm not looking for shit from way back in the day that you did when back then nobody would have said anything to you sideways. We have to deal with what's going on now. We can look at that stuff and go, see, this is where it comes from. But a comedy routine from 30 years ago doesn't make a difference now. We need to talk about what we're doing now. And I'm not talking about comedy, but, you you know, I'm just using that as an example because I'm seeing a lot of it. You know, they're talking about a movie from 1980 where they said or did this. And it's just like, okay, but understand that in 1980, it doesn't make it right. But that's the way it was like we have to accept that times do change. Right. That was the sensibility. Yeah. And at at the time, you know, it's just like now we say. You know, don't tell people I don't see color. Okay. When I was a little kid, that's what you were taught to say that I don't see color. You're just another person to me. And it wasn't meant to be offensive. It wasn't meant to say, I only see the parts of you that make me happy as Mm -hmm. you know, as we of course know it is, but you know, like, like I said, back then, that's the way it was. And so we need to stop going back and looking for problems back then because we have problems now, you know, and I, I just find that really upsetting. Yeah, we have to like, deal in the now for sure. Yeah, you see you see these news stories about, you know, the Steve Martin King Tut uh, sketch from Saturday Night Live, like in the late 70s. And I'm like, are we seriously going back to the late 70s? looking for something to complain about because i'm sorry if you turn on your television right now and flip the channels you will find some shit you can complain about so can we you know i know it was bad i'm not saying it wasn't but like we've got enough problems without looking for shit back then to get pissed at people for now you know what i mean it's it's and and there's so much of this digging in everybody's closet and dragging out every skeleton it's like would you like to be on the receiving end of that just consider that consider it because are you digging for a real reason are you actually digging for a skeleton or are you just looking to embarrass somebody or are you just looking to make you know make a name for yourself by making a point because i feel like there's just a lot of that going on i'm sorry that was a and is it relevant today yeah no 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 you're fine some of it's not even relevant today now what was brought up about biden's opinion about women's rights like that's valid because he is the fucking president, right? Mm-hmm. Going back on my Facebook timeline to something I posted four and a half years ago isn't valid because I'm not the fucking president. Right. <laughs> I'm right. just a chick in Ohio. So it, right. it, it shouldn't be the end all be all, but it, it is it is something that's really concerning. I, I do believe that we need to label the KKK is a hate group and silence them because what's yes. happening now is they're weaponizing and they're, yep. they're not, it's not enough. They're not happy just wearing a swastika. Now they're shooting up people in grocery stores. So I, right. I do believe that when, when the group becomes that powerful and violent, then we do need to move on. Yeah. You Absolutely. can say I hate solo and mm-hmm. I can say that's fine, but when a group of people is triggering like violent actions, you know, mm-hmm. now, now you're beyond the realm of freedom of speech. And it's so wild to me in this country that now we, we couldn't get motherfuckers to wear a mask. Right. <laughs> but you want to put some legislation together 
that tells me I, I can't do what? One of those same people three months ago out yep. in the street screaming because yep. they couldn't get into supercuts, talking about my body, my choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's part. ridiculous to me. You wouldn't that wear a mask. Wouldn't wear a mask. You can't force me to get a vaccine. That's yeah. A, yeah. You Wild. can't force me to get a vaccine. That's a medical procedure. Really? Let me tell you about what abortion is, yo. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about <laughs> what well, that and, actually and it- is. And again, you can't force me to get a vaccine, but you can force people to carry a baby to term. Right. And, and the abortion issue too, you know, has a lot of other facets, you know, beyond just, you know, what people typically think of as an abortion, you know, Mm -hmm. an ectopic pregnancy, you don't have a choice, a miscarriage that doesn't go all the way. You don't have a choice. If you don't have this kind of stuff, you're going to die. That's the reality. And also, you know, to be clear, again, you know, this issue is going to affect those clinics Mm -hmm. that's, you know, provide family planning. I was 22 years old when I was diagnosed with cancer for the Mm -hmm. first time. I had so much of my reproductive organs removed that they told me that I could still get pregnant, but my likelihood of carrying a child to term was next to zero. But you know what they did after that? for 15 years, made me take the birth control rather than sterilizing me. Why? Because I might change my mind someday. Change my mind? I'm not going to just suddenly grow my cervix back, okay? Like, changing my mind doesn't make a difference. I can't carry the kid. You've already said so. And I'm just like, this is fucking bullshit, but it's exactly the same thing. Because the religious right thinks that the only reason my, you know, I should be on the planet is to breed, they won't even let me, you know, shut off the fucking plumbing on my own. And in the end, it took me going to multiple OBGYNs after a second recurrence of the cancer to finally get somebody to say, you know, I think it's okay if we shut the plumbing off now. Thanks. Now that I'm 37 fucking years old and the system's shutting down on its own already, I really appreciate that. You know, and I worry when with this, you know, new stuff, about women like me who never wanted to have children. And and I want to be clear, like, don't anybody feel bad for me. I did not want to have kids. So this was not like a terrible diagnosis or anything like that. But for people like me who don't want to have children, this is going to make it that much harder for them to make that decision and not have to deal with 15 years of taking hormones they don't need to take. And by the way, birth control can be incredibly expensive, incredibly expensive, up to over $100 a month. That's cost prohibitive. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so... It does cover abortion, but it's going to affect all of these other things as well. And once again, as is always the case, who's going to get hurt the most? Poor people, poor people of every, you know, of every color, of every socioeconomic status in the poor people range, because they aren't going to be able to go to another state and get one. They're not going to be able to afford to do what's necessary. And that's the part that people just are not they're not thinking about i mean <laughs> they're totally thinking about it because anything to kill off the poor people they're for but that's what we're looking for here that's what's going to happen the people that are going to suffer from this are poor people i live in minnesota you know where we are lucky enough to not have to worry but we're going to have to be taking in people from other states you know yeah or you know i live in north carolina where yeah we got democratic governors now Mm-hmm. But I don't know what we're going to have next year. It'll, it'll flip-flop True. back and forth. Who knows? 
because we mm-hmm. have a Republican legislator that's going to pass something probably tomorrow. But the luckily, the Democratic governor is going to veto it. But he ain't going to be in there forever. He just barely won. Right. So I don't know what's going to happen next time around. But to your point, Raven, I mean, like there's so many. And there's also because because men are in power, they don't even think about all of the different types of women there are in the world, <laughs> like in all of the different situations mm-hmm. and all of the different reproductive issues that we have. Like, like perfect example is, you know, I had a miscarriage a couple of years, well, not a couple of years ago, more than a couple of years ago, now, right before I had my son. But I remember I've actually been a little bit upset about it, but neither here nor there. But on the insurance thing, when it came back to me, it said, and I can't even remember what it's called. Like, it was like a DNR, DND, because the miscarriage didn't happen all the way through. And then it said dash abortion. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Why do they consider that an abortion? Like the baby died DNC. inside. A DNC. Yeah, DNC. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I like, had one too. Died my mother me. had one. I'm, that's unfortunate. Well, like, my was, mother had one after. Right. She had and this, but those are the kind of things like, right. Right. Yeah. I, well, I had it in between my two kids. Like I had a baby, had a, you know, had a miscarriage and then had another baby. But again, it's like, what about that? Is that going to now mm-hmm. be considered? So I got to like, how is that? Yes. How, what happens with those kind of medical procedures that people aren't even thinking about? Mind you, mm-hmm. I'm completely fully pro-choice for like, I don't, and I almost are, am cringy. I was looking at the Twitter feeds around a lot of, not cringy. A lot of people are talking about, well, what about abortion in the case? And, and they always use the abortion in the case of rape or incest as a thing. And I'm like, I just feel like a woman should be able to decide whatever day of the week it is. And it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like the reason mm-hmm. behind it. Yes. Rape and incest are horrible examples, but also like, I don't know, I'm 19 and I'm in college and I don't want to have a baby. You right. can look at that reason too. There's a million reasons why you would not want to have a baby. And there's also a million medical reasons why abortion is medically necessary. And it's just like the nuance is not there because because the patriarchy. I was just gonna say the 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 issue that you know that this also causes, and like you said, they're talking about rape, they're talking about incest. I'm saying if you motherfuckers would stop not teaching about birth control and not teaching about sex, this wouldn't be such a big fucking problem. Okay, that's the first thing, because the same people that are out there screaming life, 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 life are the same people who refuse to talk to their teenagers about sex. And I'm like, do you not remember being a teenager? Your parents didn't need to talk to you about it for you to be thinking about it. Okay, and the less you know, the more fuck ups you're going to make. So do not sit here and talk to me about pro-life and then say, but I'm not going to educate my children. I understand that you would like to think that abstinence is what they're all going to choose. I got news for you. Welcome. Welcome. Speaking of criminals, the Supreme Court. (laughs) (laughs) That's an awesome segue. Yes, it is. Much like my high school boyfriend changed their mind. On the drop of a dime. He said he was going to take me to prom. Yes, I'm still bitter. <laughs> okay? I'm in my 30s, and yes, I'm still mad. <laughs> that nigga said he would take me. And he didn't. That's I right. had to go get ice cream with my daddy. Look, that I bought really the rude. cutest little dress from Hot Topic. Little plaid number. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That nigga didn't take me. Do you I did his homework. Look. Oh, see... He was a bum to begin with. Oh, he he right. always been a bum. Look, he's still a bum. Listen, he, he's still a bum. Look, I heard he got fired from the bank. Fuck that nigga. Okay? My sister's still like, <laughs> she's like, you know, I saw that fool. I'm like, oh, yeah? Tell me I'm looking better than him. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm still bitter. Anyhow. That's a guarantee. <laughs> right? 
<laughs> Even That's on my worst day, day one of my period still looking better. <laughs> I believe it. Uh, speaking of criminals and, and all around coonery, Clarence Thomas. <laughs> Fuck you, nigga. That's that's the tweet. That's it. That's it, and that's all. So, um, yeah, much like my high school boyfriend, they decided that they were going to change their mind um, and precedent on a piece of legislation that's been in progress for what fifty years or some shit. Yeah, and so it's been very disturbing um, for women and and for the the public as a whole. We've talked a little bit about how this legislation intersects with with women and people of color, but also intersex people, trans women, you know, trans men, right? Who may end up pregnant for whatever unforeseen reason, right? Again, we don't have to justify why we need this, you know, we need it, right? They may have to stop their hormonal treatment and that could delay their progress, which could also affect their mental health, right? Because it's it's this this movement of forced birth, right? We are forcing you to become birthers. That's it. That's your role. Um, with no thought to like quality of life, right? There's a lot of people who, who get abortions because they know they simply cannot uh, support another mouth. Like they cannot do it. Financially, it's not, it's not feasible, right? Or for me, mental health wise, I cannot handle another child, right? I, I lived through DNC too. So no, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, right? And I know like what I went through that first pregnancy with Ahsoka after so many miscarriages um, that I couldn't do it again. Like the postpartum was so real for me. Like the way that my body had changed was like dramatic for me. Like I, I couldn't do it. Like I already know that's why I have an IUD, right? Because I know I cannot handle that with my depression, with my anxiety. I know that on top of that, like mentally, I would not be able to make it out. And then what's that quality of life look like for that child? Now I done set my whole lineage back another generation, right? Because what's happened is we're institutionalized. We're institutionalizing generational trauma again, right? Where we're forcing that woman to have that child, right? Because that's your punishment. But we're not talking about like you got a bad grade in class. So now you have to repeat the grade. You know, we're talking about holding a person back. Their, their entire life has has been washed away because you want to teach some kind of lesson? Like, wow, like you're real mature. Like it's just, it, it doesn't even begin to justify like the means. Like it's just, it's incredible to me. Like, and it's like, yeah. there's, there's no change in healthcare status, right? There's no change in like legal protection that, that, person who's pregnant, like they're not going to get any assistance, right? You, there's places where there's not formula on the show, but you're going to say what now? Who? Yeah. Like, it's just, you know, are, are you going to promise these um, pregnant women that you won't deport them? Right. Yeah. Since you're going to force them to have the baby, then you also need to take care of them while they're here. Right. Yeah. I that think, probably I mean, won't happen. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I feel like we were, you know, we could talk about all day is this idea of like the the hypocrisy of the fact that 
this is like pushed forward as like a pro-life decision. Like folks are caring about babies when, you know, all of the things like, let's just like play this out. Right. So, okay. We're taking away the right to abortion in a number of states or we're giving it back to the states, which that's a whole extra like conversation we can have about states' rights, et cetera. Cause like in certain states, let's talk about how, what states' rights did in slavery. Right. But anyway, uh, <laughs> like, like, I don't know if I trust all the states in the legislator legislation. Um, but we play this out. So you're taking a right, a white woman's right to an abortion, but then you don't have free healthcare, first of all. So that's number one. So then you have to go to a bunch of appointments when you're pregnant and then after and pregnancy or, and then birthing is incredibly expensive, especially if you don't have healthcare. Oh my gosh. I remember when Joe and I first got together and, you know, we had Jordan who was a happy surprise, uh, but when we had her, and I remember him like so worried, like we need to start saving because it's going to cost thousands of dollars when we have this baby. And luckily I had I had a job that had decent health care. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, it's just my copay. But he knew people who went like bankrupt having babies like or had huge medical bills. And I was like, oh, like, but yeah, like that's a reality. And luck, fortunately enough, you know, I had a good a job with good health care and I had like a five hundred dollar copay. But that's not. But also I had you know, easy pregnancy. So anyway, so we could go down that line of like, you're not giving people free health care. We don't have paid maternity leave. So after you drop that baby, you either better go back to work or, or what, like in a couple of days in some places. Um, and then you don't have, like you said, formula on the shelf, like childcare for each, like when you don't have access to all, preschool, like all these things that are necessary to sustain a child once they're out of your body doesn't come with but no you gotta have a baby like you gotta right. have a baby but then we're not going to support you on any of the things that it takes to like actually have your life continue after you have this baby right um, and so anyway i'm just because they're not pro-life right yeah they're pro-fetus yeah like they they want for whatever reason they're obsessed with the fetus yeah. they're not obsessed with people right because if you're pro-life, then you should be really concerned with what's happening in impoverished areas. Like you should be concerned with that. You should be concerned with getting affordable college for everyone, right? If you're so pro-life, mm -hmm. you're not pro-life, you're forced birth, right? Like we need to stop, we need to call that movement what it is. Yeah. If you're really pro-life, Sorry, honey. Um, if, if you're really pro-life, you're going to be at the foster home getting those kids who ain't got nowhere. You know, you're going to be rushing to pay for school lunches. Mm -hmm. You're going to be rushing to make sure that child care is affordable. You're going to be rushing to make sure that our children are safe in our schools. That's what pro-life should be. It should not be, you know, forced birth. It should not be this continual need to put women in a box of being breeders. And that is your only purpose in life. And if you aren't doing it, you are somehow lacking in some way, shape or form. And when it comes down to it, it is my body. I get to make the decisions. Okay. That's all there is to it. And, you know, it goes for everybody, you know, men, women, everybody. It's, it's everybody. It's my body. You don't get to decide what I do with it. I'm sorry. You don't. And honestly, you know, if it can't survive without me, then, you know, how alive is it really? 
I well, mean, I'm just, I'm not trying to be funny. bad, they understand but I am that also just when you're saying. talking about a mask. Right. Yeah. You ain't wrong. Again, you where's the lie? I don't <clears throat> see the lie. I haven't seen the lie yet. Um, so, yeah, it's it's wild to me. It's incredible that we're here again, um, that we've been set back so drastically. Um, what I will say is there are a number of resources becoming available. I do know that there's a safe haven in the West. Um, I will include that in the show notes that um, I believe California, Oregon, and Washington will um, remain safe spaces for women who need health care. Um, so, I mean, there's that. Um, there is some hope. I believe um, I was looking at it. Article 5 of the Constitution says that um, the Congress can repeal uh, but again, there has to be a vote, you know. So um, again, I know we've said it on the show before, but vote, please vote. This is not the time to sit home, you know. Uh, that's how we got here, right? Is because people, and we talked about it at the top of the show. Um, folks didn't want to vote because they didn't like the person or the emails or didn't feel like they could have a beer with them. This is that shit's got to stop, all right? This ain't about this. This is about our lives, right? Like, they have shown us that there will be no peace. There will be no treaty, right? Because this action occurred after Biden called for everybody kiss and make up, right? There will be no treaty. There will be no peace, right? It means that it it has now become this us versus them. There is no unity. There is no meeting in the middle, Um like Siobhan had said, the empathy is gone, like for the other side, like they're no longer looking at us as people. And I would really like to see a more aggressive, progressive movement instead of Mm. this lethargic, oh, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. That's how we got here is by being complacent, right? Because the sheer like precision and, and just, the timing of it, right? We got the whisper about this three months ago and it's done, like period. They moved in complete silence and got the shit done. Why can't we do the same, right? For police brutality, for women's rights, for gun control, for our children. You know, I I worry about Ahsoka all the time, right? Because I don't know, you know, nobody knows when someone's going to start shooting because we just can't seem to get a handle on these assault rifles that are apparently a necessity, but healthcare is not. Wearing a mask is not. Like these things, a mask has never killed anyone, okay? But this this automatic hand rifle like, is more free than a woman is right now in this country. Like this thing that isn't alive. <laughs> if I don't laugh, I'll cry. That part, <laughs> you can't, I mean, you can't make it make sense. It, there, I feel like to your point, there's no logic to it. And I am all for a more progressive um, agenda, but it's so interesting how like different narratives, like different things get framed up, right? Like when you talk about things like universal healthcare or things that I don't, I mean, yes, they're progressive, but they're not that radical. It becomes like the radical left, but it's like, but oh my, but somehow like being you know, forced birth is not radical at all. Like, it's like, oh no, because it's pro-life then, which isn't really pro-life. Like we just talked about, like all the other things that are actually life don't count. Um, But yeah, and it just, it just doesn't make sense. And I'm for a more progressive push, 
I think I'm just jaded. My 39 years on this earth have got me very jaded in what progress can be made on certain topics. And I shouldn't be this callous, but what was Sandy Hook in, was that 2012? It feels like it was like yesterday, but I think it was like 2012, if I'm remembering that right, which, oh my God, 10 years ago. Anyway, but it was a minute ago. And when Sandy Hook happened and nothing happened, I was like, there is no way, excuse my French, but that this man walked into an elementary school and shot up a classroom of first grade little white kids. And if nothing is going to happen then, then I have no hope for this country. Like, I just couldn't imagine nothing happening after that. And when nothing happened after that, I was like, then nothing else matters. <laughs> then nothing. Then the Charleston massacre didn't matter. Then the Buffalo, like Las Vegas, the, I went to Las Vegas in the nightclub in Orlando. We were, t- I was reading an article about all these different ones. And I was like, oh my God, I had forgotten about some of them. Like, that's how every day in common places become where I was like, oh, I forgot that happened in Las Vegas where like 70 people died. I could have, I could have the number wrong, but it was like crazy. And I'm just like, we have become so jaded to this. And I know we were talking about abortion, but to your point, like just connecting it about the lack of movement on some of these really, really critical issues. Just, I don't know. But when COVID hit, oh my God, we got to <laughs> do something. We got to do something about this virus. We have one right here. It's happening, right? It's a virus called I pick up a gun and I kill somebody for no fucking reason, right? Like, and we can't get a hold on it. It's it's ridiculous to me. It, it really, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. It's just, I think it's, it's Im- wild to me. I think it's important I, though to, to touch on what you said earlier. And again, I apologize. I have the delay. Um, I think it's important to pick up on what you said earlier about uh, moving forward more progressively. And I think it has to be it has to be said because I think there are too many people that don't understand it. The majority of the voting populace in this country is not right or left. They are middle. So when we talk about these huge progressive changes, you know, these massive changes, we have to still understand that that is quote unquote radical for the majority of the population because the majority is somewhere in the middle. You know, they're not necessarily left or right. They kind of veer both ways. And that's where we have a problem because when we come out with a really big progressive push on something, a lot of people who don't necessarily disagree are made nervous because it's too far of a step. And that's why when you have the voting issues and we talk about you need to go out and vote, you need to make these changes. The problem is, is that the majority of people walk in with a middle of the road kind of view and they're voting for a Republican here and a Democrat here and the guy whose name they like over here because they don't really know, you know, and it I I just think it needs to be brought up more that, you know, it's not so much that progressives are radical. It's just the fact that the majority populace isn't that progressive yet. They just aren't. But they're also, generally speaking, the majority of the voting populace is not the wacko on the other side either. The problem is that those are just generally the people that are talking the loudest. I mean, let's be real here. It, you know, it's the old Jeff Foxworthy joke. It's like, why is it that when they, you know, interview after the tornado, it's some woman going, you know, in a muumuu and and rollers and a shower cap. It's never a lawyer, you know? And it's that kind of situation where the people that are speaking the loudest generally are 
scaring the crap out of the majority of people. And I'm not saying don't do things that are going to scare people, but we do have to be realistic when we're talking about what you're going to get people to move on. If you're going to go really, really progressive, just understand that you're going to scare people. And the same goes on the other side too, because you and I both know that there are conservatives out there who are not like, you know, the January 6th people, right? I mean, that's way to the other side. And I think, you know, I just, I guess basically what I'm saying and long tail on it, but hey, it's me. Um, you know, we have to remember that the majority of people are in the middle. And when you are pushing for anything that's outside of that, it is going to be seen as radical, even when it's not. And I agree wholeheartedly that this overturning Roe versus Wade is absolutely radical. Um, you know, so many of the things that are going on now, you know, can't teach critical race theory in college for the love of Mike. You know, these are all radical, stupid things that, you know, that are going on. So there's definitely, you know, we need to move. And I'm not saying don't be progressive, but we just have to remember that when we're making our big pushes for these progressive movements, you got to know your audience, right? I mean, that's in the art of war. Know your enemy, know your audience too. If you want to bring people with you, don't alienate half of them before you even start, because then there's no point. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like talking to somebody who's, you know, radically on the other side of any issue from you. They're not, they don't want to listen to you, no matter how many good arguments you have. Ask, ask the, you know, the globe earth, flat earth people on YouTube. It's like, it doesn't matter how much proof, how much anything you have. They don't want to believe you, period, end of discussion. They're not going to hear you. And so, you know, again, long story short, just be aware that the majority of people are in the middle. And remember that when you're talking to yeah. people, you know, not you guys, but anybody. Yeah. But I also think, yeah, for sure. But I also think to your point, Maria, when you talk about a progressive agenda, though, I guess my thing is I'm listening. I'm hearing what you're saying, Raven, but I think I don't know if the things that are on the progressive agenda are actually even that progressive. I would actually call because when you Agreed. when they do polling, et cetera. They're actually pretty popular amongst the general population. I just think we have a framing problem. Like I think we have a a bad PR machine. Like yes. because to your point, like overturning Roe v. Wade is actually very radical. But they, mm -hmm. but somehow the right tends to frame their issues as very like, oh, this isn't that bad. Like even when mm -hmm. they came out with the decision, well, it's just returning it back to the states. It's not that bad. It's like, no. Do you realize though that like leaving it up to the states also impacts primarily poor. To your point, like poor folks, right, is going to impact people with of low socioeconomic status because I can't just hop on a plane if I find out I, you know, if I'm pregnant and I, oh, let me just let me just fly to New uh, New York real quick or let me just fly to California real quick, no big deal. Like it don't work like that in real mm -hmm. life. Like it doesn't. Yeah, like, Kylie it doesn't in the work. trailer park can't afford to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was actually just I read a story, um, and I cannot remember. I can't remember for the life of me where it was from. But I think, uh, I mean, which like which outlet ran it, but it was about a young woman. It was about a young woman who found out that she was pregnant literally two days before the heartbeat bill in Texas, where you mm -hmm. couldn't get an abortion after six weeks. I think you can hear a heartbeat at six weeks. But most of the time, you don't even know you're pregnant until right. I think in both my pregnancies, I didn't know I was pregnant until I was at least seven or eight weeks along. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But it was a profile of this young woman who was 18 years old, you know, dating this guy in a skate park, got pregnant, found out she ended up having twins. She was farther along. She was like nine or 10 weeks. 
And then it, the the abortion clinic that she got like was a 13 hour drive to Arkansas. Like, and she didn't know anybody in Arkansas. Um, and anyway, it was just this profile of this young woman. I'll have to look at the outlet to find out what it was, but it's like, I don't know if, I mean, I know most folks know, but I feel like the people in power don't know how everyday people live where you can't just like a 13 hour drive to another state to figure out what's actually like not possible for this 18 year old girl who does not have economic means. <laughs> like you can't just hop in a car and go um, or yeah. ask your rich uncle or your rich daddy. Like it doesn't work like that. And I want to say it right. is nobody's here. got and an uncle is Phil there. out there for sure. It is here and it is there though, feel. isn't it? Because yeah. the reality is, is that the people making these laws, <clears throat> a bunch of them, and I just want to apologize in advance to the audience, but a bunch of them are men. You don't have any idea what it is yeah. when a woman knows she's pregnant. You have no fucking yeah. clue. You have <laughs> no clue. Because if you calendar it right, you could be eight weeks no. along before you even have the slightest clue. People who have, you know, periods that aren't regular. They're, you, yep. I mean, just the, they, they act like suddenly you wake up right. one morning with the fucking plus folks. sign on Come your on. forehead yeah. or something. It's not like that. It's not a a guaranteed you know thing. You don't know yeah. until you go and find out. And it just, some people don't even like have an inkling until they're that far along. And again, you know, if you have a penis, I'm not interested in your views on birth control or abortion or pregnancy because it's none of your <laughs> fucking business. I'm sorry. That's just, that bothers me. You don't understand how the car works, dude. You don't understand mm -hmm. how it works. You've never driven one. So sit down and go home. Okay, it's that simple. If you have a penis, I'm not interested in your opinion on women's health. And you know what I mean, by the way. Right. You guys, Especially all, you all you guys in the audience Playboy know who I'm talking to. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, yeah, we know. But I feel like, to your point, Siobhan, I think what um, the Democratic population and those people who want to move forward are lacking is a good spin doctor because that's what's happening when they, they go out here and they, they push these agendas. Uh, because it's really, if you sat down and you put um, a group of 50 parents in a room and you ask them, do you love your child? Do you want your child to be safe? Wouldn't you do anything to have them in a safer world? They would all, like I would say 99.9% .9 of them would say yes to that. Right. But when you say that means gun control, all of a sudden, wait, 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 because it's not progressive to want to protect your children. That's not <laughs> that is a essential thing that every mother specifically wants to do for their child. That's not progressive. Right. When we talk about mm -hmm. um, big steps, there are some big steps that need to be taken, like mm -hmm. slavery. That was a big step. We needed to step away from that. It had to happen, you know? So yeah, progress isn't going to happen overnight, but there are a few big leaps that need to happen. And I feel sure. like in the next five to 10 years, we will see something happen with guns in this country because the Parkland shooter kids are growing up mm -hmm. and they're fucking fed up. That generation those little babies in that supermarket that don't have mothers anymore because they were gunned down, they're pissed. And unfortunately, 
A lot of times in order to see real change, it takes people who were personally touched by these events, right? So I do believe in the next five to 10 years, something's going to happen with the gun crisis in America. I don't know what it will be, but it, it won't be my generation. It'll be the Parkland shooter kids. Like that's where my hope lies is with those kids because they're fucking over it. All right. They lost friends. They lost teachers. They lost family members. You know, they lost sisters and brothers that day. And, and that pain doesn't leave them, right? Those kids in the grocery store covered in blood, right? They're mad. Yeah. If they're I not mean, mad today, they will be. Mm-hmm. And right. to your point, though, like connecting it back to the abortion rights issue, like I wonder, like, were we not, I feel like people took it, we talked about this, well, er, you know, earlier before, before we were rolling. But yeah, like, I think people were not really thinking it was going to happen. Like, it's like, oh, it's been, Agreed. it's been for 50 years. Like, Roe and D-Wade happened 50 years ago. They're not going to take that away. And we were sleeping. They said they, they weren't did. going to. I mean, well, I wasn't sleeping. I voted. <laughs> oh, my God. I was so sorry. I was so mad at all these politicians who were like, but I talked to Brett Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. And he said, Susan Collins, mm-hmm. shut up. Like, no. <laughs> you really thought? Right. I, was, I was like, Okay. <laughs> Again, my high school boyfriend, Andy, said he was going to take me to prom. He said that limo was for me. Okay? But did you? I mean, okay, you was in high school, and Andy was probably persuasive. Susan Collins is a grown woman. She knew. She knew stopping. Because I knew. Right? Like, oh, but oh, they yeah. said they pinky promise. Like, what you think? What you think they're going to say to get a job? They, they were, were bought and paid for. It was. They were all was bought so and paid ridiculous. for. They knew. Like, everybody... Amy Coney Barrett ran up her like six kids and look at what a wonderful mother I am. We all knew what she was saying. Like we mm-hmm. all knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. None of them were secretive about it. But then of course, when they were interviewing, of course they said what they were supposed to say to, because they know what they got to say to get the job. Like if anybody really thought that those six conservative justices was going to change and be like, oh, it's settled law. I'm not going to take away a woman's rights. Brett Kavanaugh, stop it. Clarence, stop. Well, Clarence, that's a whole. I don't even want to talk about. That. <laughs> two con- Clarence is a whole another kettle of sexual guys. assault. Like that's a whole another. We should probably have a whole right. episode about Clarence. But no, Uncle Rock is Jesus. That. I do want to. I do want to clarify yeah, though that I didn't believe them when they said they were accused of sexual assault. <laughs> I know, Raven. I know you didn't believe, them, but I'm both were actually like, <gasps> "Color me shocked." I can't believe. It. <laughs> can't believe it's not butter. It. She said, like, you can't played. believe it's not funny. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, this is it. I can't. Those right were now. the great commercials in the 90s. Girl, bye. Girl, bye. <laughs> How do we I'm end the you. call? <laughs> 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 you know, but it's like, the, they do such a good job of like, and, and they're also attacking like gay and, and trans rights at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and the next thing they're going to do is they're going to, roll out, you know, the Dr. King Dream Act, where they're going to tell us that they think that we'll thrive better in our own communities, in our mm. own schools, in our natural habitat. And mm. and they're going to force us back into Jim Crow, but they're going to do it under the guise of doing what's best for the community. Oh, look, we talked to Ice Cube. He said it's okay. You know, you know, that's what's going to happen. I, I fully believe the they're going to round us all up. 
You know, I'm just you saying, they're going to hold up. They gonna uh, hold I, up I love somebody. you, Q. We talked to Kanye. He said it was all right. We talked to Clarence Thomas. He's on board. <laughs> you know, okay. <laughs> he does not. I do think. I do think that's I I do think you know, that that's important, but I've wild. talked about it before on this podcast and on every podcast and pretty much anytime anybody lets me talk. You know, we've got politicians who are speaking to a populace that I'm sorry to tell you is not as smart as they should be, and the politicians count on it. They speak at a college, you know, reading level when they know they're talking to people who, you know, read and speak at a third to fifth grade level, you know, people are easily boondoggled. People are tribal. That's, I mean, that's the species. I'm sorry to tell you, humans are tribal. We're tribal as fuck about our football teams, about the school we went to, about whether or not we're blondes, brunettes, or redheads. Okay. We like to get tribal about anything. And when you're one of these people, these politicians, and you know that if you say all the right big words and then come in with the layman's phrase that makes sense for people, you know, black people are going to take over America, you know, then you can scare these people. And then, of course, later on, if they should be one of those people that's smart enough to actually listen to other arguments, nobody wants to say they were wrong, right? Like, no woman is super excited. Nope. Nobody is super excited to walk into the bar and tell their friends that they got cheated on because they feel like an asshole. Nobody likes to say that they were wrong. And people are so, there's so much more, they're so much more concerned with being part of the tribe, being part of the right tribe than they are about being right and being true to themselves and being true to what they actually believe. And you know, again, it's it's manipulation and it's manipulation that we as a society allow to happen because we continue to allow ourselves to be completely stupid when there's just no excuse for it anymore. There just isn't any excuse for it. If you can read, you got no business being stupid. I'm sorry, you don't. If you can read, you have no business being stupid. You can teach yourself. You have a computer in your pocket. And yes, there are some people out there who don't. But the majority of people have a computer in their pocket. Educate yourself. Don't let politicians talk down to you because they think they're better than you. Don't let them boondoggle you because it's too much work to go and investigate on my own. Honey, if you can take time to compare six different TVs at Best Buy, you can go figure out what the fucking law said, okay? The time you spend comparing which car you're going to buy, which tires you're going to buy, which kit you're going to buy. Okay. If you have time to do that, you have time to educate mm -hmm. yourself <clears throat> on political positions and on what things actually mean. Because, okay, buzzwords and buzz phrases and slogans and all that other stuff, that is all just spin. Educate yourself. Learn about the way it really is. Don't watch one news channel. Watch all the news channels and then go to the Associated Press and read what it actually, you know, says. I mean, you can only you can only blame the government for being manipulative son of bitches so much if you're going to choose to be ignorant. The willful ignorance, you know, pool is open and a lot of people on both sides are swimming happily, okay? Educate yourself. I am not going to sit here and educate you. That's your job. And I'm sorry that the schools don't do it well enough, but we don't pay teachers because we apparently don't think they're important except when we expect them to raise our children. But that's a whole other issue. Guns. 
We need more guns. That's the answer. Yes, that's the answer. I was like, wait. I missed that transition. Have a baby and we all put a little gun in that baby's hand. You think they don't? You think they don't? These people are so proud of their fear. They are so proud that they're terrified of everything. It's the most cowardly stance I've ever seen in my life. Just this constant, I need to be strapped like John Wick everywhere I go because I'm terrified of everything. Well then, honey, get Mm -hmm. you a bubble and go sit in. I ain't got time for your shit. (laughs) Right? Well, I've asked people who I know are gun owners to please start carrying your weapon on you because I need your help. Because the thing is, like, the smart gun gun owners that I know, they never have their gun on them. No, like, because they're not I'm scared need you of their own to shoot shadow. The shooter. <laughs> I need you to shoot the shooter. Like, well, I only use it at the range, and you know, it's, <laughs> you know, I just, I just try to stay sharp with it. I'm like, nigga, if you don't put that gun under your vest like a goon, like, I'm gonna need you to carry your gun, <laughs> like they but did you- in Boys from the Hood, like, <laughs> like this, honey. But you know like, what? Though? Yes. <laughs> But it, it really is. They are so afraid of everything. And I'm so terrified that somebody who's been dreaming about being a hero is going to shoot me when I'm talking to the person at the customer service desk and they don't like my hoodie. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, there's all these people with delusions of grandeur mm-hmm. that I'm going to be the good guy with a gun. And I'm like, you shouldn't have one. And again, I've said it before. I'm a Second Amendment supporter. But like, seriously, y'all, like. Some of you are taking it way too far. Way. I mean, you do not. When I was a kid, sorry, old timer moment. When I was a kid, we used to laugh at countries where you would walk down the street and there'd be people with automatic weapons to have to protect people. Where kids went to schools where there were soldiers, you know, who were armed to the teeth on the school grounds. We used to laugh at those countries and how pathetic it must be and how terrible it must be to live in a world that terrifying. And now we actually have people, Congress people and shit, suggesting ballistic blankets instead of art class. And I'm like, does anybody hear this? Does anybody hear just how absolutely ridiculous that is? Ridiculous. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I mean, Congress people, senator, like congressmen, senators, like really, like that's really what we've come to, and it comes back to that empathy thing. Like, is that how your kid's gonna go to school? I doubt it. Like, right. that's not where your kid is gonna go to school. But you want, but you want our kid, our the common people, the public school kids, they gotta go to school. Mm-hmm. Your child in your yep. public school, they don't have to live like that. It doesn't affect you, so you're okay. But you really want armed guards and it's the ridiculousness doesn't stop because I always like make it make sense. It's not supposed to. Yep. My mama used to say what's good for the goose is good for the gander. It's just it's wild to me and everybody throws up the Second Amendment and it's just, you know, in 1743, like things were so much different than they are now. I think people forget about context, right? The right to bear arms. Like, you know, some of the most popular crimes at the time were blasphemy, 
adultery, like stealing, like, and, and they were also like using public stockades. Like, you know, I think people forget like how like just barbaric and Neanderthal like times were back then. So yes, you did need a gun. And also remember like what a gun looked like in 1743. <laughs> We're not talking about what y'all talking about right now. Yeah. All right? We're yeah. not talking about a Uzi. We're talking about a musket. You know, like you had to, like if you shot somebody in 1743 and you actually hit that motherfucker, it meant that you wanted to kill that motherfucker. You was damn sure that you got the right nigga because you couldn't afford to reload your musket, powder it, like the motherfucker and still hit the nigga. Like, you know, he was, I saw uh, Hamilton. I know the rules of the duel. It was tough. <laughs> but and and also, oh my I mean, God. Lin Manuel oh, Miranda taught me taught me all about it, and it was Jesus. rough back then. It's been going mercy. on for but you know a long I mean? time. Like, it's just yeah. you can't you can't adapt that shit. You just can't adapt it. Like it's like if I wanted to make Star Wars into a, a musical on ice presentation. I could not take episode four and literally copy and paste it in. I could mm-hmm. not do that because you have to write songs in a musical, right? So that would mean that we would have to alter the content, right? As times change, you have to alter the content. Even George Lucas updated episode four. So get the fuck out of here with that shit. You know what I mean? I'm just like, what are you even talking about? Like uh, the constitution. Well, the constitution was written for white landowning men by rich white landowning men. That's it. That's it. And that's all. Nobody else was ever supposed to exist in that. Well, and, so, and also, you know, we can it's, stop, it's, you know, looking at the Ouija board, asking ourselves what the ghost of Thomas Jefferson would do. <laughs> well, and I think, I think, and it's been brought up previously, not He was in Hamilton too. <laughs> um, they, it, it's been brought up, you know, many, many times over the years, you know, and like I say, I'm a supporter, but, you know, just to be clear, the second amendment doesn't say what people say that it says. I mean, Let's all be real about what it actually says and how it's interpreted by by us today. Um, and again, I say this as a supporter. I know that it doesn't say <laughs> what we translate it to say currently. It says that you needed to have a gun back then so that you could be a part of the militia and make sure the government didn't come and take your shit. OK, it wasn't about today where we've got all these people that are so terrified of everybody that they walk past on the street and everybody that they drive past on the street that they have to be strapped like they think they're Wyatt fucking Earp. And honestly, that's what I'm expecting. Like, life is going to turn into tombstone. Everybody going to be shooting each other in the streets because we literally have people out there going, everybody should be walking around armed. And I'm like, seriously, have you never been to a, you know, day after Christmas sale? No, people should not be armed. Some of these people shouldn't be let outside. (laughs) (laughs) And their answer is like, we don't get guns for all the teachers. Like, no, that's not the answer, baby. You won't even pay teachers a little wage, but you out here talking about giving them guns? They can't afford supplies. They can't afford And go to the superintendent of schools and ask for a motherfucking raise. 
Right. You won't give them the supplies they need. Right. (laughs) You got to miss. That is the most ridiculous thing. Like, let's add one more thing to teachers' place. Because not only are they educating your children, mental health therapists, like therapists now, they got a behavioral (laughs) management issue. And now I also got to be a security guard, too. Now you got to shoot like like set it off. You better. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, I set it off. Oh my god, now now you're the Mandalorian too, nigga. You better not miss. (laughs) I mean I can't these people. I mean, but the Mandalorian was protecting the child. So that does like connect. It does. Okay, but I don't feel like the Mandalorian has ever been disrespected as much as teachers are. He was kind of that's a valid point. It's real talk. And that's an analogy we could bear out. Yep. Mm, he was a teacher, kind of, sort of. Speaking of Star Wars, um, <laughs> we can change gears, I guess, and get to our second topic. Kenobi, it's done. Praise oh, God, we made it. Praise Black Jesus. We made it. We did it, y'all. We did it. If you haven't watched Kenobi, um, you probably shouldn't listen to this part of the episode. <laughs> So this is your your spoiler warning. Um, Yeah, that's it. That is the warning. Reva lives. Bitch, eat shit. Yep. (laughs) We did it. (laughs) We almost extended Juneteenth with her survival. But no, (laughs) she did. After all that hate. After all of it, I was just like, yes. Oh, my God. I was so worried. You know, oh my God, here we go. It's Val all over again. You know, I I was so, I, I immediately called Portia and Liv and we were just screaming at the top of our lungs. Like, oh my God. Like, it's so nice to finally have a modern take on what the black experience can be like in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like, it's there. It's transparent. It's very clear. Um, I just, I loved it so much. So much good shit um, came out of Kenobi, but I just, mm. I'm going to ask y'all some questions um, based off some recent feedback. Okay. Uh, Question one, I'm going to pose to the group. Is Obi-Wan Kenobi the series about Obi-Wan? Absolutely. So sorry, Raven, you said absolutely. I did. I mean, I feel like there was, uh, see, I'm not the, I'm not the experienced person that y'all are. So I feel like my opinion doesn't count as much, but no, we need I feel it. like there, <laughs> I feel like there's so many other, it was so many other interesting characters, uh, but yes, I mean, it's still, a, I mean, yeah, it was obviously still central around Obi-Wan, but I just feel like there were so many interesting characters. But I think any Agreed. any person's life is like be all full of, of Star Wars. Characters. It's interconnected. Yeah, mm-hmm. fair point. Exactly. You pick a Star Wars IP, whether we're talking about the Clone Wars or Rebels. There is a main character, but there's also all these other characters surrounding them. You look at the prequels, like yes, it's Anakin's story, 
But Padme has a part to play. Obi-Wan has a part to play. Qui-Gon has a part to play. Darth Maul has a part to play. Dooku has a part to play. You know, so there, I don't want to hear this bullshit rhetoric about it wasn't about Obi-Wan. It was a Trojan horse. Like, it is Obi-Wan's story. In fact, he's the last face we see at the end of the show. Like, start to finish, it's about him. And I just, I feel like there's certain people who... There's nothing we can do to change their opinion of this. But I think if you cannot understand the need for interconnected story, then you have lost the ability to appreciate Star Wars for what it is, because it is an interconnected story. Whether you're talking about prequel, original trilogy, or sequel trilogy characters, like they're all connected. They just want to be mad. They just want to be mad. They want to be mad about something. They want to seem intellectual and deep and all these other things. And, you know, we've talked about it before. I can sit here and talk Star Wars and get real deep with you. But I enjoy Star Wars. All of it, all of it doesn't appeal to me, but I enjoy Star Wars. And I'm perfectly happy to have a deep conversation, but I'm not just going to sit here and wax poetic for six or seven days about how I know better how to tell a story than whoever the creator is of whatever thing I'm criticizing. If you don't like it, that's great. You know, you're totally entitled to that. You're entitled to critique it and say the things that you didn't like. But for the love of Mike, can we just stop saying that just because I don't like something, it is therefore trash and garbage and should be thrown away? Because if that were the case, I think we would be missing out on a lot of the most beautiful art we've ever seen throughout the entirety of human civilization. Remember, you know, Van Gogh's mother, you know, sold his paintings for trash and stuff. So, like, everybody doesn't like everything, okay? And stop getting so offended because Mm -hmm. you don't like it. It's not always about you, Punkin. Sometimes the show isn't for you. Sometimes it's for somebody else. And, you know, stories are interconnected. Mm -hmm. And no person, no person exists entirely unto themselves. I'm not bringing out new knowledge here. That's a pretty Mm -hmm. old one. All of these people that are around him and interacting with him, they all affect him. They all create the guy we meet in A New Hope. That's what this is about. Stop trying to make it into something it isn't. This is telling a portion of the story of a character that we have come to know. And they're giving you that space in between one and the other. It's connective tissue. It's not always the most, you know, mind-blowing thing. Although I personally thought there were quite a few mind-blowing things in this show. It is about Obi-Wan Kenobi. But Obi-Wan Kenobi doesn't exist without the people Mm -hmm. that he interacts with. You know, his his nobleness, his honor doesn't exist without people with whom he shares those experiences and that he has to be honorable, too. And when he has to act noble, those all have to happen for him to be who he is. Mm So if you thought the show was just going to be, you know, you and out in the desert by himself and occasionally, you know, a Darth Vader duel. I mean, okay, but that sounds like incredibly fucking boring to me. You know, I want to see where he went and who he knew and all those things, you know, like, I don't know what people were expecting, but I just think they want to be mad about shit. Honestly, I feel like that happens. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I feel like that happens a lot with Star Wars. I mean, and I'm not like I said, I'm not as like, I feel like as uh, 
um, encyclopedic about it as you, but every time I like, I'm like, oh, I like that. That seemed fun. And then I'll read a review and like, oh, my bad. I shouldn't have liked that. Like, oh, did I miss all the things I shouldn't have liked about it? Like, no, I just thought just it was like fun. Like, um, but I feel like that's what, that's what happens a lot. So that's why I'm like, let me be quiet. I mean, I think it was about Obi-Wan. <laughs> I, I liked it, <laughs> but it did introduce some cool characters. But to your point, like, you could, if any of us told a story about anybody's life, you couldn't mm-hmm. just tell the story just about that person. You'd have to talk about their friends, their families, the people they interacted with, like mom- like critical, like moments, inflection moments in their life, like duh. Um, but I don't know. I think I just was like, oh, I think I know how to answer this. But and no matter like and a lot, no- I feel like Star Wars fans get get like Star Wars fans like get really. Oh, they do. It's We're like, petty. Gotta be critical about something. Them I'm Star like, Wars oh, fans are petty. Cool. Yeah, I'm are. just saying that no matter who Sorry, creates ahead, something, there's going to be somebody who doesn't like it. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to like everything. But the idea that because you don't like it, it is therefore not good is just, you know what I mean? Like for you, it's not good. And that I totally get. But you don't get to tell other mm-hmm. people that they can't like it because you don't like it. I mean, I imagine that these are the people that go to like the campfire and the guys, you know, the old dudes telling the story and they like jump up every 10 seconds and tell them that that doesn't make sense. That's a trope that never happens. And it's just like you people must be really fun at parties. Mm, right. Yeah. I just um, for me, it just it lacks a lot of intellect like. Everyone wants to armchair and say that they would have done it better. But the reality is you're, you're just a guy on the internet with a YouTube channel. You're not important. Mm. You're not as important as you think you are. Um, no man is an Island. Right. And, and uh, Raven already kind of pointed to that. So um, I really enjoyed the series as a whole. Um, and what I took away from it is we need to let more women drive the bus in Star yes. Wars because Deborah Chow did that. Okay? Get that, Deborah. She Get did it. that. She let the action, she let the action sit in the background and she brought forward the emotion, right? Because all of that was already there. George did that, but he never knew how to put it together. Right. How to put those emotions in the forefront. And this type of deconstruction piece, again, gives us um, the opportunity to see like how the actions impact the overall galaxy as a whole. Right. Because we're all connected. Right. So I, I can't express enough how much I love the show and, and let Bryce Dallas Howard, let Deborah Chow let these women drive the bus for God's sakes. It's been time. Let women have Star Wars. Let them go. Stop trying to micromanage them. Stop trying to check in. Let them women drive the bus. They know what they're doing. Okay? It's it's going to be all right. Okay? J.J. Abrams don't know shit. I'm going to tell you something that no one's got the heart to tell you. J.J. Abrams is the P. Diddy of movie making. Okay? He's not, he, no, no, that is, that is your imagination telling you that he's great. He can give you an idea and do absolutely nothing with it. That's it. And P. Diddy made a whole career based on that. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, does he also send people on uh, long trips to get cheesecake? I'm sure he does. 
I'm sure I'm he like, does. I heard he's got all I'm kinds sorry, of outrageous you requests. J.J. Abrams is the diddy of movie making. He is. I, that quote's gonna go on my wall. Legitimately, legitimately, I love, I love this message at the beginning of the episode. There are certain scenes in this fictional series that some viewers may find upsetting. They are so trolling. That's going on a goddamn t-shirt. They are so trolling with that. Thank you, Star Wars. That's the kind of petty. That is my favorite color of petty. That is my, that is the periwinkle of petty. Like, that's it. petty shit, but it's That right there, they did that. Okay, like they they went down on one knee and said, you know what, white cis man, we gonna talk to you. We're talking to you. Like, oh my God, that's my favorite shade of petty. Is that right there? Like, I'm like, I need to get that on a shirt. So that is like legit Minnesota passive aggressiveness so right there. That is Minnesota passive aggressiveness. <laughs> I love it. Mwah. Love to see it. Love to see it. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah Chow. Thank you. I appreciate you for coming. I really do. <laughs> like, I just, you know? And they said it at the beginning. Like, that that comes up at the beginning of the episode. So there's no reason to be mad. They already told you you was going to be mad. Mm-hmm. So go home. Go home. Well, if there wasn't something to be Think mad about, about they'd else. find, find something, something anyway. To do. Right. Yeah. They, Deborah Chow understood the assignment. She really did. She didn't fuck around. There was no wasted time or space. She's like, we so gonna good. get right into it. No, actually, she there was that. one thing. There she was really one did. thing. She did that. The the when Obi Wan mm-hmm. was taking the little meat and got? rolling it up in the thing and and taking it with him every day. I was dying. I'm like, you're gonna get caught. Look around you. It was horrifying. That's all I have to complain about. <laughs> really? I thought it was sweet. Because it, it shows he still sweet. cared about something. Because he like he's putting up this front that he didn't care about nothing, you know. I but know. that's like a really private moment that we get to see that nobody else got to see. It's like you think you don't give a fuck, but he he give like a a zero point three two five fuck. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, he loves. Something. It is sweet, but it horse. was just it was the most okay. anxiety inducing moments of the show because I kept expecting something terrible to happen to him when he got caught, and like it was just a thing. I'm like, okay, right? Or they kill it. I'm like, oh, no. right? <laughs> I don't know what that animal's called, but I was so glad to see the little the little snout little uh, camel, uh, elephant camel. From episode two, he came back. I'm like, you know what? Y'all didn't like the prequels? It's here. Yep, deal with deal it. With it. Deal Life's with it. a bitch. You gonna have to. You gonna have to deal with this one right here. <laughs> like he's here. <laughs> and they changed nothing. Like the coloring is the same. I'm like, yes, <laughs> like, do that. Well, yeah, I was one of those silly people who liked the prequels, but then hey. everyone was like, they're so bad. And I was like, Wait, I remember watching them when I was a kid. And I thought they were good. They were not bad. Like I got older, I was like, oh, was I, to like? I was supposed to hate them. Yeah. George isn't the best writer, but again, body of work, right? What was the prequels like? What were they saying, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The content was great. The uh, action, the way it was delivered, uh, the way it was executed, there were problems. Okay, no one's debating that. Hayden Christensen For came sure. back and put everybody in a body bag. It's it's done. 
Okay. He came back for y'all and me. Okay. Especially me. Specifically (laughs) me. Mostly me. Let's be real. It was mostly me. A little bit of you. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But mostly me to 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 tell y'all that it's not his acting. Okay? You can go home. It's not that's not it. That's not it. That tear came down. I was like, I do think that it was a redeeming performance, hopefully, for those who were critical. Only thing I'm critical of, I just need a tape measure for. I don't need nothing else. Let's Maria, get in there now. Maria. All right. Let me get my lasso <laughs> and try to get her back. I cannot with you. Be. You know? I want, he looked I did, good. He's only 41. I, I thought he did you know? such a phenomenal job. He good I thought that with a T at the end. I thought he did such a phenomenal job. And, and again, yes, I think, you know, George's major downfall, in my opinion, is definitely the dialogue. And so, you know, obviously that was not such an issue in this particular case. Um, I love how they used him. I love how he worked what he was doing. Um, I just found it funny. And I, I had mentioned this on uh, when I was on Baraxium, I mentioned that I thought it was funny that Hayden now looks so much more like Clone Wars Anakin than than I felt like Hayden looked like Clone Wars Anakin before. Like he's grown into that jawline that now just kind of matches the cartoon character drawing. I just thought it was really funny because I'm like, gosh, he really does look like him, doesn't mm-hmm. he? And I mean, I you know, I understand it's artistic representation. I think but the animation department like got better too. More like him. Mm-hmm. Look, I think the animation department been catching up too. Like if you look at season five versus season two, like it's it's night and day for the way that Anakin ends up ends up looking. Um, but yeah, he looked good. He looked good. He looked Stay good. Stay on path, Maria. Stay on path. I'm already out the box, so it's too late. <laughs> I'm out of pocket already. I fell out, you know. Hey, he, he don't have to guess about what's over here. He knows what it is. Like he he all he is informed. He is well informed. That man don't have no no questions. There there was nothing unanswered at Star Wars Celebration. There, no question left unturned. Like it's all right mm. there. That man knows everything oh he needs to know about what's over here. You know, Maria. It's all good, baby. <laughs> My God, that man looks so good. So I was like, ah, that lightsaber to him. I'm like, oof. Yeah. Ooh, and them contacts when they did the behind the scenes. I'm excited for that. You know that's going to come out in a documentary in the yeah. next like, mm. month or two. They're going to do that just like they do for all of them. Like him and those contacts. I can't wait. I'm going to start. I'm going to have to uh, have a conversation with the first husband of the podcast. <laughs> Good luck. Back, Good luck. Back in line. He already knows. He already, he already knows. knows. Listen, he went in, we went, eyes wide the open. The first time we went to Celebration, we went to Celebration Orlando and Hayden was there. Mm. And he hadn't done, that was his first Star Wars meet and greet since the prequels. Look, I gave that man bus fare for the little trolley thing that came down on International Drive. I gave him, you know, a room key. I'm like, all right, now you know how to get back from here. It's two lefts and a right. You know how to get home, right? Because I look, I was checking for any eye line. I'm like, I'm out. This is my this is my pass. Look, <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't foolish with my passes. 
Okay. Oh the people that I have passes for, I might could actually on a good day, if that man would have been drunk, I might've been able to slide in. Oh I don't know, God. you know, I, I don't know, but I know I'm not going nowhere without that Victoria's Secret push-up bra and some tape. Okay. <laughs> I packed a little you. basket. Yeah. Um, he did a 17 Raven. magazine uh, Go get it. Yes, Siobhan. When I was a kid. And so I packed a little basket full of like blueberry pop tarts and shit that was in the article from when I was like 13 years oh old. He's like, damn, it's somebody I'm get in the fire hose. For like four hours. What's in that somebody basket? Somebody get the fire hose. In the basket, right? The basket ain't about you. He's like, this is for my baby. Pop tarts. What? Pop tarts. Blueberry pop tarts. Pop tarts in there. I'm like, nigga, that's not for you. That's for Hayden Christensen. <laughs> He's like, you're holding food in here. <laughs> Don't touch the blueberry sauce. Ate it, might get hungry. Popped over there, hungry. I want that man hungry. I've got line. him. I've got everything he could possibly need in this basket and oh in my between God. my legs. Period. Point blank. <laughs> Period. Oh, you're you're good. Like, you got everything you need. Nigga. I am so sorry that I put you off on this train because you can now. I can't get you off. Like you are like in there. Obviously, obviously, I'm, Siobhan I'm so did not read the warning. She didn't read the warning label. Do not direct Maria to the gutter. <laughs> she will go like a water slide. Like she's gone. Do not open. <laughs> It is. It's wet like that. It it's is. But he know that. Say, but he know that. He he's, know he's that. informed. Oh my God. He's informed. Look, he, he was informed. My whole body was shaking when he came out. I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is it. Hands free. I'm going to get it right here in front of all these people and black Jesus. Wow. Okay. I just prepared my spirit. Like this is, this is, it is oh what God. it is. It's my time. It's it's my time to go and do this. It's all good. Oh my god, boy. Okay, man. I'm gonna be laughing about this conversation for like a week. I know. <laughs> I know it. I it's, know it's it. Sisters, this is what happens. Um, we we have a good time. We we laugh a lot, mm. and and I think comedy is important. Like it's important for dealing with trauma, and it's important um, to have a voice in in fandom. Anybody can tell you what's on a fucking action figure but to have a personality you know and to be yourself and, and to not be like constantly afraid of what other people gonna say about that shit um is unique i think it's a little bit unique um so obi-wan did you think reva was gonna live i get so used to i think black folks dying and then especially like favorite characters dying. <laughs> i just i'm always holding my breath <laughs> so uh I can't say that I was very optimistic. Um, and yeah, it's just in such a dangerous position. I don't know. I just, I was not, I was not optimistic. I was obviously thrilled when it happened, when she did live, but I wasn't, I don't know. I was not optimistic. That's all I'll say. I um, didn't have, um, I guess uh, this is not something that I really look at from this point of view. It's just not something that really occurs to me. I'm, I, I don't know. I'm weird. Um, but for me, I assumed she was going to die, not because she was black, but because she was bad. I just assumed she was going to die because of that. Like, so the fact that she didn't, I mean, that's fantastic. It's great. And I think it opens up a whole new story, you know, section and, you know, another one of those offshoots where you can tell stories about some of these, 
you know, net, not necessarily outside characters, but supporting characters. Um, but for me, honestly, um, from this, from the get go, I just assumed she was going to die because she's a bad guy. Um, not for any other reason than that. I just assumed she was going to die because of that. But, uh, I'm thrilled that she did. I'm thrilled that she didn't. And I'm also thrilled with the way that her, the turn her character took. And um, despite people's complaints about it, how she played it, it was beautiful. I saw some really, really intricate work done there that I think was really done quite, quite well. So I think the haters can, you know, kiss something. I, I thought it was very interesting, like the whole Reva thing. And yeah, normally the bad guy in Star Wars can't live, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I just, I really like that they did something new and brave, right? Because we've had um, sort of a precedent for this in the past with Ventress and and even Maul to a certain degree. Like at some point he becomes less of a villain and more of an anti-hero um, in the Clone Wars and Rebels. So I, I was really excited for this and I think it was the right call to make because life isn't black and white as we all mm-hmm. know. And we've talked about for now damn near two hours on this damn show, you know, that, that life has become very complex. Right. And I think it was essential to show that. Right. So I, I'm really excited for what this means. Uh, Justina Ireland, where are you at? We need this Reva book like right now. In the name of Black Jesus, we need it. Uh, so we need we need to holler at her. Maybe EK can get me a sit down. We we gotta we gotta talk about this now. Um, I want to see Reva versus Afra. I want to see Reva go after Darth Vader's pocketbook. You know, maybe maybe it's not done. Maybe it's not an eye for an eye, but we can hit you in another spot where it hurts. You know, nobody wants you fucking with their money. You know, I, I think that would be cool to see um, Reva versus Afra, and then backdoor more diversity and more um, inclusion that way as well. So I, I just, I'm excited for whatever happens with Reva next, but man, it's such a brave step, you know, in a world where a lot of people are demanding Ben Solo. And, you know, at the time I wasn't ready for that, but I do think in order for Star Wars to continue we have to be able to play in the gray and get some more, you know, diverse, I guess, approaches to, you know, what it means to be a hero, right? So I think I think it's a good step in the right direction. I love that Vader and Obi-Wan, it it so much mirrors Luke and and Kylo in Last Jedi. Like that last confrontation, like it really gave me Last Jedi vibes. And I love that when Star Wars reflects Star Wars back, like because it it is a story that should kind of come full circle like that. Um, And it's it's uh, it's exciting for me because we're working backwards. Right. Because there's tent poles already put in place since 77 that George put down that we now have to kind of ping pong behind. So I, I like it. I like the challenge of that, right? Having to connect all of this shit and make it make sense, right? In a world where Jar Jar Binks has sex with a duck lady and also Anakin Skywalker is born without a father, you know, like make it make sense, you know, and somebody okay. has to do that. Somebody has to make that make sense, you know? So um, I, I love the challenge of that. I love seeing 
Obi-Wan kind of mirror Luke. And then the hello there at the end was so cute with mm-hmm. Luke. Like he mm-hmm. actually gets a chance to meet Luke, which is good. And it kind of like sets up four in such a perfect way. Like, cause I always felt like three just was like, like a mad dash down the hill. Like we hurry up, hurry up. We just got to get there. We just got <laughs> to get there. Up that like, quick. Hur- hurry up. Like it just felt like, felt like George was behind the, the camera shouting, hurry the fuck up. Like we've got to get to lunch, you know, faster and uh, more so intense. I, I really think this is a really nice accompany. That's how I like it. That's the only way I like it. You know okay. what I was going to say? I was actually connecting it when you said that Period. I was actually connecting it back to that conversation when you had about Deborah Chow, like why women need to be more in the seat. Because I feel like we know how to slow down a minute, mm. like slow down to get to the point. Okay. But <laughs> but we also and I was know connecting how to... that. Anyway, I was making that analogy. We also know how to pick up, though, because I want to give a big shout out to Aunt Baru for being, you know, a woman ready to take charge oh. and get shit done. Like, yo, go Baru. Go Baru. You want I'm no buying, smoke I'm buying the Baru. blue milk. No smoke. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no smoke. You want no smoke with that woman. Zero. Nope. Mm-mm. You she don't want to do that. It. She's like, let's she, do it. She's a Star Wars <laughs> like, auntie for We're not going to involve nobody else. She's like, right? She's like, we're going to have a shootout in this wig. We're doing this right now. <laughs> yep. I swear to God, I saw that wig like go to the side. I'm like, oh shit, the wig's <laughs> to the side. It's over. She took her earrings off. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> if she hadn't I'm been out. in the desert, she'd have taken was, off her it shoes. It was on. Oh my God. Right? I'm like, okay, we in the street barefoot fighting. Okay. That's what this is. Like the only thing that was missing was like the the half used jar of Vaseline, you know, that everybody, you know, they put on their face <laughs> and on their elbows so they could just slide, you know. But anyway, if you've never That's seen a hood Maria fight, been in some fights. If you've never been in a domestic dispute in the front of a corner store where the only thing you have to pay purchase an item with is a actual food stamp. It was a dollar, okay? If if you don't know what that's about, you could just leave. Leave the conversation now. <laughs> you will never like, know what I'm talking be, about. We must be of the same generation because I was like, I remember when food stamps were actual stamps. Like, it was actual, an actual like, dollar. Actual yeah, dollar. It was a physical yeah. piece it was like of money, monopoly money. That yes. you took to your local to store. store. It was. Yeah. I was going to say it was like monopoly money, but not. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I distinctly yeah. remember having to go to the store. My sister had gotten mm-hmm. food and she was nervous. She was ashamed about it. And she was like, we got to pay for this with this. And I was like, girl, give me that money. Right. Like, like, right? Hey, Some places you could get a pack of cigarettes on it. They didn't care because it yeah, wasn't like, money. You know what it is. You... Hey, we bought many uh, wick and food stamps for what was it? That's how we, ra- we, That's I say it. we, although I was like 16, but like raised my niece. Like, look, mm-hmm. that was it. And that wick juicy juice was banging. I don't care what it is. Right. Said. And the cheese. It was tasty. That shredded cheese was great. And the peanut butter, you may have to stick in the microwave to loosen it up. But oh, yeah. once, once it got a little bit soft, and not it as took hard, about it was two weeks <laughs> after it up. arrived. If you sat it in the pantry long enough and your cousin breathed on it with a hot breath, then it would work. Or you would dig, you I would dig it. it out and put it in the microwave, like oh, dig it out no. with like a knife. Because you couldn't smart. put a spoon. 
a skull would break. No. But if you butter knifed it out and then put it in the microwave, that that loosened it up quicker. I don't know how we just made that transition. Sorry, but I was oh, like, oh, we it's about a whole family. lifestyle. That's a whole lifestyle that you'll never understand, listener. But yes, back to to Obi Wan. Yes, you want zero smoke with Baru? You sure don't. Um, I really like that Obi-Wan acknowledged the failure of the Jedi. He's like, you know what? He's like, for for forever, like the Jedi have been, you know, telling you they're going to protect you and all this. He's like, I'm going to go do it. And and I feel like in that moment, he repaid the debt that the Jedi had put them through all them years. Um, I thought that was cool. And then like being there for Reva in that moment. He could be the voice of the Jedi and say, you're good. You're good. You know? And I think um, that validation helps create peace and and freedom in that. So I, I thought that was really dope. Those are two things that really stood out. Two moments that were really cool for me, acknowledging the wrong of the Jedi and that validation moment. But then we get to the end of the episode. Okay? Six episodes where Obi-Wan has been struggling, okay? He done fought all kinds of crazy people, right? Done watched this man get abused and his paycheck got garnished, you know, and and, and he's living in the desert and he ain't got shit. And then he has to chase this motherfucker all over the galaxy looking for Leia, you know? And then he gets done and Liam Neeson's ass shows up in a half-taped-on wig and facial hair talking about, nigga, I carried you. The footsteps in Tatooine, I carried you shit. I'm like, no, nigga, no. You don't get to, no, no, and no. You did not. You did not carry. (laughs) You did not. (laughs) That was not what you did. You were at home putting your lace wig on. Where were you? I didn't see you. I didn't see you out there in the street. No, Liam Neeson, you were not there. Stop lying. Stop lying. But to be fair, to be fair, Liam Neeson has always been hard to tie down. I've been trying since Darkman, okay? And it ain't working. I can't right now. I'm just like, what the fuck? Now Qui-Gon Jinn ass show up. When you know good and damn well he didn't do the force training with the six ghost ladies. With the face. With the little mask on. The like, thing is, is you know, good Obi Wan. He was a force ghost voice. Obi Wan was not focusing, and your focus determines your reality. He was not focusing enough on Qui Gon, so he couldn't get there. <laughs> Maria's giving me the girl by. Maria's emotion. not going for it. She's like girl by. <laughs> this is an emergency situation. Like Anakin is throwing rocks on top of him. Like this is hey, an emergency, nigga. This is not a it, hi. It, how you doing? Phone call. Your 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 Jedi master your Jedi master always leaves you to fight the biggest battles by yourself. Yoda let Luke go in the cave. He didn't go in there with him. Okay, I'm just saying. Listen, mm. I'm gonna defend Qui Gon no matter what he does. Whatever. Even if I'm not trying to hear jack. none of that. I'm not trying to hear none of that. <laughs> Qui Gon Jinn can get the hell up out of here. I'm done with his ass. I mean, like, when you put it like that, Raven, it does. Con- I mean. It does make sense. There's precedent. Yeah. <clears throat> there's there's guess, a lot of precedent for still, it. And like, I also the think... The last time we saw Qui-Gon... Go ahead, Maria. Go ahead. No, you go. All right. I will go then. I was um, going to say, I... last time in the timeline... Okay, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
that goddamn I delay. Say that in a I loving don't know where way. That comes from. I I know you do. Um, I do think though that that what we saw here, and I don't think it was expressed openly and 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 in plain English, but for me personally, as I was watching it, what I saw was Obi Wan kind of doing what Luke had done, and to a certain degree, cutting himself off. And I think that that's a big part of why Qui-Gon didn't show up and he wasn't able to communicate with him because I think while he was in fact meditating and he was quote unquote going through the motions, you know, he was clearly pretty disconnected. I mean, obviously we saw in his use of the force going through the series that he was a little bit disconnected. So the way I looked at it was that he was just not, he was not all there. He just wasn't putting his shoulder into it. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, he could get some forced Viagra or something. I mean, damn. I mean. I'm an Obi-Wan apologist. I'm sorry. He was calling. Anyway, it is what it is. But I will say this. I do feel like um, we need an explanation. Like last time we saw him in the timeline in Clone Wars, he was just like a voice because he didn't complete the training. So now either he watched a YouTube video to figure it out real quick or something. We, we need an explanation because that shit don't, don't look right to me. You know, here Yoda did all this work, went through all the damn trials. You know, he, he labored for that. Okay. And he did the force ghost thing and all of that. And Qui-Gon didn't show up a day late, a dollar short, and then said them footsteps is where I carried you. No, <laughs> you do not. You do not, Qui-Gon. I'm done. Like, like what? What? And you, a YouTube video. <laughs> Get to here. Yoda read the book. <laughs> I'm done. In closing, <laughs> what we're saying is, um, thank you, listener. Congratulations. You made it to the end of the episode. Um, this week's charity is What Choice? Um, It's a wonderful quote from Rogue One, if you've never heard it before. What chance do we have? What The question is, what choice do we have? Run, hide, plead for mercy, scatter your forces. You give way to an enemy this evil with this much power, and you condemn the galaxy to an eternity of submission. The time to fight is now, right? And the words of Jyn Erso have never rang more true than they do today. Uh, so I am going to encourage you um, to go ahead and donate. If you can donate to what choice, if you can't donate, that's fine. Retweet on your social media accounts, you know, try to get as much visibility as possible. Tell a friend what we're doing. I'm also going to include some links in the show notes to some resources in case you know someone who may in the future need these resources or you yourself, you know, so it's always something nice to have in your back pocket. If you haven't already taken a look at the What Choice t-shirt, where 10% of the funds are going directly to What Choice and the rest are going to make more t-shirts, obviously. Uh, But uh, it's a beautiful t-shirt with Jen Urso's outline and the What Choice on top of it. Uh, And it's about $24.99, so not incredibly expensive. And Star Wars fans, we love to have merchandise, right? So there's never been a better time to get you some merchandise around this beautiful and very important social cause. Um, I'll give the ladies some time for closing thoughts and socials where you can find them. Oh, great. Oh, so 
Oh, am, am I a lady? Awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, and I, uh, Maria, I really appreciate you inviting me to, this has been a blast and fun. Um, <laughs> um, and I'm I so should, sorry. I'm sorry. No, this is so much fun. But, you know, I should have started off uh, by saying, you know, like, obviously I work for the Marshall Project and that's my uh, nine to five, but my my uh, thoughts here are my own um, because we are obviously a nonpartisan nonprofit and all the good work that we do on that side. And so um, I'm just grateful to be a part of this um, on the on my non nine to five hours. Um, so but yeah, but um, on Twitter, I am Siobhan NCLT. Um, and I guess I can put my handle in there because uh, my name is spelled in. Well, my name is spelled a perfectly fine way, but people always get it wrong, spell it wrong. Um, and uh, and yeah, and that's pretty. I mean, yeah, my Twitter is probably my best way, and I think I'm the same thing on Instagram. I'm occasionally on Instagram. It's more just personal stuff, but more work stuff is probably on Twitter. Um, and I appreciate just being a part of this. This was fun. I felt like I was just talking to girlfriends on the weekend, which I which I think I guess I was talking to well, girlfriends, and it's the weekend. Well, you kind of work. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on. Okay, <clears throat> I will jump in and everybody knows I'm not really on social media anymore. You can find me on Instagram, but it's really just pictures of my cats and my dogs. So, you know, not super Star Warsy. Um, but I did want to give a special shout out and this is going to be a, a little too late, but I'm going to say it anyway. I just want to give big love out to all of my folks tomorrow marching in the Pride Parade here in Minneapolis um, and particularly to the Cargill Pride Network, uh, where I work, we have a, just a fantastic ally group, um, and and it's just it's wonderful to to have that at work and know that we're supporting the community and gonna make a big old splash at the parade tomorrow because that's how we roll. Um, but other than that, you know, just everybody keep your head up, you know, and uh, be good to other people, you know, be kind to other people. You have no idea whether or not somebody's just trying to hold it together today so be cool don't don't be a sith unless it's you know cosplay then you can totally be a sith and uh but other than that just you know be cool to people be cool yeah thank you raven i appreciate that um i want to shout out to live our very own padme um who is in the midst of her own troubles or tr you know I don't even want to say troubles. I want to say she's in the midst of a transition in her life. That's what I'm going to say. She's in the midst of transition. We love you. You are going to make it. You are someone I will always put my money on because I know what you're capable of and you're a winner. Um, yeah, so that's what I want to say. And also the Sisters with Sabres Blurred Star Wars uh, Discord channel is absolutely free. It's a great way to get in touch with other Black nerds if you'd like to connect more and become a part of our, our network. Um, I know a lot of podcasts sell this feature. I'm offering it to you for free. Um, and you can catch Raven there too sometimes. I saw you run up in there, girl. <laughs> they miss you. They do. You think that matters. Mm -hmm. I, I try to get in when I can. I try to get in when I can. You're doing great. All right. On behalf of all the women, uh, have a great night. Take care of yourselves. And remember, it ain't going to eat itself.
vibe, but you ain't that outside. Worldwide hoodie with the mask outside. In case you forgot how we act outside.